0: Welcome to Live in the Feast. I'm Jason Resnick, and for the past decade, I've been helping businesses translate their goals into online success as a freelance web developer. In order for me to accomplish my why as a freelancer, I needed to live in the feast. Now I'm turning the tables around so you as the freelancer can do the same and build a sustainable business to achieve success. So that you can ultimately live the kind of life you want. This episode is sponsored by Feast. Feast is an online course and coaching platform built for freelancers like you who are looking to take their freelance business to the next level. Want to get higher quality clients, command higher prices, build recurring revenue so that you can stay out of the famine for good? Feast will help you focus and remain accountable through coaching calls, community, an exclusive mastermind group, and tons of resources. Join the VIP list now by going to res.com feast and get first crack at some exclusive bonuses when the next enrollment opens. Today, I'm excited to be bringing on the show Lauren Powell of biximedia.com Lauren looks for clients, who want help generating and nurturing more leads through their WordPress and Shopify websites. She offers both a done-for-you and a done-with-you kind of service. I wanted to bring Lauren on the show because she's got an awesome backstory that I think you'll really enjoy and see that sometimes taking the jump instead of just thinking about it works out in the end. But the real reason I wanted to bring her on the show is... She's taking getting leads and qualifying those leads to a whole new level. Your takeaway from this episode is to be able to think about your current client vetting process and evaluate it. Is it really filtering out those bad leads or do you still feel regret with some of the leads that you work with that maybe you shouldn't have been working with in the first place? Are there things about your process you can improve on to provide value up front to help qualify the leads even more? So if you're ready, let's dig in. Welcome to Live in the Feast. Today, I'm excited to have Lauren Powell here from Bixby Media. Welcome, Lauren.
1: Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me here. I'm super excited.
0: Awesome. So Lauren, um, we had met in a Slack community and she's all about getting clients. And I wanted to bring her onto the show because season one is all about getting clients how to get clients, how to figure out who your client is, the service that you offer, how to actually offer it in a way that makes them raving fans for you so that it actually allows you to market yourself better. And Lauren does awesome work in being able to do that. And she does some things that are a little bit outside the box. And we'll jump into that here on the show. But Lauren, why don't you just... Tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your company.
1: Yeah. So um, I started my company, Bixam Media, about almost six years ago now, which is, you know, kind of crazy when it's your baby. But anyways, (laughs) what I do is I help business owners and entrepreneurs generate and nurture more leads through their websites. So anyone who has a website, has a business, has a product or service they love to sell, Um, but they want more business is kind of my niche and where where I help people.
0: Awesome. So you work specifically with WordPress and Shopify, correct?
1: Yeah. So those are the two platforms that I'm focused on and that's where most of my clients tend to be.
0: Great. So before we jump into the big, you know, out of the box kind of revelation questions on how to get clients, When you first started freelancing, what did you do prior to that? And what was that transition like into freelancing?
1: Yeah, so this is a really good question. Um, And maybe I have an answer that you didn't expect, but I (laughs) did something completely different. I was living in Europe and I worked for a medical device company and I was in marketing, but basically my job was to be responsible for this product that's like a manual vacuum. Um, When someone has a heart attack, they have a clot. So you take this manual vacuum, it goes up through someone's leg or arm, goes up there and you pull out that clot. So my kind of journey in that job was I was supposed to go around to different hospitals, meet the staff, wait for someone to have a heart attack. And then while during that procedure, convince the doctor to use my product. (laughs) So high pressure... (laughs) It's, I like,
0: it's like holding a gun to somebody's oh, head.
1: my God. Yeah. And you can imagine I'm afraid of blood. I pass out when I got my ears pierced. So <laughs> like trying to keep my cool during this situation was challenging to say the least. So long story short, I did that job for three and a half years. It was not the right fit, but I really liked the marketing piece of it. So I jumped ship, moved to London, started working with a digital agency and kind of learning the world of online. Um, I had done a little bit of web development before, but wanted to learn more of the marketing piece. Um, After working with them for, I think it was about four months, they offered me a full-time job and I decided I didn't want to work for anyone else anymore. So I moved Mm -hmm. back to the U.S. and started my own company.
0: Wow. Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) not only did you just decide to quit full-time, you let's move halfway across the planet too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I moved back home to California where I was from. So there was some stability there that made it a little easier because I knew people and I knew I could find people that Mm -hmm. would work with me, but yeah, it was a little crazy.
0: (laughs) So you weren't doing freelancing while you were working full-time?
1: No, not at all. I was working 70 hour a week. So there was just no way
0: (laughs) to do anything on the side. So what was that like? I mean, you, you essentially said, okay, I'm not going to work for anybody else again. Now I have to go get work. I have to go get clients. I mean, was there a reason why you didn't say, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll just find a full-time job here so that I could pay the bills. Or it was just like, I'm going to work for myself now and I'll figure it out.
1: Yeah. It was the letter. (laughs) I don't think I even thought for a second, like I'm going to go work for someone else. I don't think that was even an choice in my mind. I had already knew what I was going to work for myself. Um, and probably because I was a little burnt out, (laughs) you know, I just said like, I'm done. Um, yeah. High pressure weeks too. I mean, my boss, I was the longest standing employee under him and I was his own only employee. Um, most people barely lasted a month. (laughs) So it was, yeah, it was a little crazy, but would I do it differently? I don't know. I, I'm Jason, I know you did it differently. Um, I think every person has their own path. It would have been smarter to have a side hustle on the side. I definitely felt that famine <laughs> panic in my stomach for quite a few months. But, um, you know, interestingly, I like moved back to California. I went, reached out to some friends. I went to a friend's birthday party, like within a few days of being home. And I met someone there. And that's how I got my first client. I just told them what I was doing they were a business owner. They needed a website and their current web developer was kind of a flake. And um, yeah, within like a week or two, I had my first client, which is kind of crazy.
0: (laughs) When I started, I was in the infancy of the internet was very young at that point. And, you know, it was early 2000s, late nineties. So for me, I was working full-time, but because I had a skill that a lot of people wanted, I always did freelancing on the side. So, you know, I kind of went the other route. I was basically, let me build up as much freelancing as possible and pretty much get to a point where there's no sleep whatsoever. (laughs) And then say, hey, you know, I'll see you on the full-time side. So um, it's I always love hearing other people's journeys and how they decided to do it because I think a lot of it is, I mean, as an entrepreneur, there's that risk taker in all of us, right? And like, sometimes people are like, for me, just to cut ties right away, that would have been scary. Like I would have been like, holy cow. I don't know if I could do that. Like <laughs> how, what was that feeling of like, you had one client. Oh my that God, like- it was scary.
1: Um, yeah. Like even thinking about it right now, I get this pit in my stomach. Like, oh my God. <laughs> but I was so burnt out. It was like, there wasn't really another choice for me. I wasn't going to, like I was working 70 hour weeks at my old job and I wasn't going to do that again. So I didn't see, I don't even think I thought about, let me get another job while I'm doing this. That just wasn't something that crossed my mind. Um, But how manageable was that for you to do it on the side?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, it was, I would go to the full-time gig and then come home, have dinner and then start work again, you know, and it got to a point where like I would sleep like two or three hours a night and I was like, okay this is the breaking point, <laughs> like, you know, what do I do here? You know, but um, that, I mean, for me, that was a little bit more of my comfort zone, I guess, you know, to be able to do that and you know just do that hustle. You know, I don't suggest that everybody do that by any means. Like that was, I, I, you know, I had friends like, you can't keep doing this. You're going to kill yourself, you know, yeah. kind of thing. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Which is kind of a good segue too, because I mean, what you talk about is getting leads, right. And to be able to, you know, get leads like in the fire, right. I mean, that's, that's basically when you, when you cut cold Turkey, it's like, okay, I need clients now. (laughs) Was that, was that like, you're kind of like, oh, you know what? I'm good at doing this. So I can probably sell this as a service for people Like, is that kind of how the transition into full-on Bix and Media was?
1: Yeah, you know what? It really didn't start out. I think like many people, what I was selling morphed a little bit. So it started out mainly as web design and development, plus some, you know, content marketing on the side. But what I realized very quickly after talking to clients was what they thought they wanted wasn't actually what they needed. So that's kind of where my message morphed a little bit in the sense that, Okay, I get a lot of people coming to me and saying, I need a new website for my business. Okay, that's what they're saying they want, but that's not really what they need. What they need is more business. And they think that having a new website is the answer to that problem, but it's not always the case. Sometimes it is, but normally there's a whole host of other things that have to occur simultaneously. And so by shifting the conversation, I found that I was getting better and better clients, which is probably something that a lot of your audience struggles with is it's not just about getting more clients, but about getting the right kind of clients. Right. So, um, you know, it didn't really start as what it is now, um, which is just part of the entrepreneurial process. And I think what you learn, um, in that kind of trial by fire <laughs> process. Right. Um, but yeah.
0: Great. Yeah. I mean, what you said there You know, I think, I think it's a good point because a lot of times people think they have a problem and that's usually just a symptom to the big problem, you know, for what I do working with e-commerce clients, that's what they do. They say, oh, my site, you know, needs a redesign or we need a new theme or whatever, right. Where, you know, it could be something that's just during their checkout process. That's stopping people from spending money, you know, So I think going deep into that conversation to really discover what that root cause is of their problem and being able to solve that, like you said, that's when you start getting better clients because you start serving them rather than just being a task taker. Exactly. You know,
1: that's also Uh, when you establish some trust between the client that keeps them coming back to you over and over and over again, which is ultimately what you want, right? You don't want hundreds of clients That just leave after one project. That's a lot of work. (laughs) So I think when you do that deep dive, not only do you get a better client and you serve them better, but you also get a client for life.
0: Right. Yeah. So that leads me to, you know, when we, we met in that Slack community and, um, you know, what really intrigued me was that unique way that you use webinars to help get clients, like create better educated leads to convert them into clients. Can you just talk to us a little bit about that and how you decided, hey, this might work for me?
1: Yeah. So I think webinars have been kind of a hot topic in 2016 and (laughs) 2017. But, you know, when we talk about that, where the client has a problem and their want is perhaps different than their need. What I was finding was I was spending so much time educating prospects. So there was so much time like between the initial sales call, figuring out what they needed and then creating some sort of custom proposal. And then maybe or maybe not, the lead was ready to close. And I thought like, how can I do this in a better way? How can I educate the client? So by the time they say, hey, I want to work with you, like we're already on the same page. They already have a better idea of what they need. So what I started doing in 2016 was playing around with just purely educational webinars and just seeing, can I get people on a live webinar? Can they, <laughs> you know, do they stick around? Can I, you know, create, create a presentation that's compelling enough for people to stay through the whole webinar? And then are they going to stick around and ask questions? So I ran about, I don't know, somewhere between seven to ten last year, live webinars, um, Mm. and just got familiar with that process. And it was really, really awesome. Um, like long story short, anyone who attended when, by the time they started talking to me, they were saying the same things that I had been teaching them. And I was like, yes, this is awesome. They learned something. (laughs) They know their problem isn't what time should I post on Facebook? It's, um, I don't have an email list and I'm spending all my time on the wrong things or, you know, whatever it is. Right. So I was like, okay, this is, I really like this. But the challenge with live webinars is that you have to get everyone on the webinar at the same time, right? Right. So it's kind of this launch process that, you know, is fun to do, but is a lot of work. And when you're talking about being, you know, one person or one person with contractors, in my case, um, you know, your time is limited. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I was thinking, okay, how can I do this in a better way? And how can I use it as a sales tool? Meaning, yeah, it's great to do these live educational webinars, but what I want after that is someone to come and say, okay, I'm ready to work with you, which was happening with some of the educational webinars, but not, not converting as high as I wanted it to. So this year, 2017, what I've been playing around with is automated webinars. So... And I can't take credit for the idea. Um, I just knew I, wanted, I knew I wanted to do it. But in terms of implementation, I kind of turned to an expert for how to implement it in the best way. But basically, the way it works is right now, a lead comes to my website or they sign up for some sort of lead magnet, jump on my list. And I immediately, after a couple initial emails, I immediately push them towards a um, automated webinar that basically says, if you want more business From your website, but you don't want to increase your traffic volume or social media followers, here's what you need to do. So they run through that process through the webinar, and then at the end, they're offered a free strategy session. So they have the opportunity to book a call with me, and then we're going to kind of go through what their current website performance looks like, what their objectives are, and then my recommendations. And it's been a really great way. I mean, it's only been a month. (laughs) So far, it's working really well. Um, I'm getting really qualified leads. I'm also not spending time on the phone with leads that aren't qualified because when they book that slot in my calendar, they are required to fill out a form, which was a process that I've had for a few years now. But um, what I do is I ask them a series of questions that allows me to know, like, am I really going to be able to potentially help this person or... You know, are they not a good fit for whatever reason? So I can, you know, respond back to someone and say, Hey, I don't think, you know, I don't think it's worth jumping on a strategy session because XYZ, but why don't you look at this resource instead, or maybe look at this working with this person instead? Because I'm not the best person to help you. So it's really freed up my time, and it's kind of like having an automated salesperson for me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Because I mean, you know, that that kinda takes it to the next level, right? Like like you, I've I've had a form, like a, I call it a project yeah. brief on my on my website for years. And you know, it's it's a little there's logic in there to depending on answers that you give, certain questions appear and disappear yep. and that kind of stuff. But to take that to the next level, um and give them Education around what it is that you can do and how you serve them and really try to help diagnose their problem even before you even get on a phone call with them through a webinar. I mean, that's like, you know, because you're also saying to them too, you know, like, hey, if they're in it for 10 minutes or I don't know how long the webinar is, right? But like they're in it 10 minutes, they're like, oh, I don't want anything to do with this. They kind of disqualify themselves, right? They don't just take that next step. So I think that that's, you know, I, I like the idea. I, I, I probably get to steal it (laughs) and do it for myself because, you know, I mean, I just think that, again, it goes back to that symptom versus real root cause problem. And a lot of people don't know that, you know, Hey, look, there's things that we can do other than just redesign your website. Like I can go ahead and redesign your website, but then I'll kind of be happy, you'll kind of be happy and you may or may not get the results that you want. So, you know, I just think that I, I was talking with somebody else about this similar idea that you have that you're you're actually doing and it was around local meetups as well and kind of what you're doing, you know, instead they are a very localized, you know, service provider and they just, you know, go to a coffee shop. And I had like six to ten people come there on a Friday night and just be able to ask them questions and He was saying that like eighty percent of the people that show up become clients yeah. of his, so I'm like I'm like, yeah that's it's a smart way to do it because you're making that grassroots connections with people that is not just a contact form and a thank you page
1: yeah, because at the end of the day you know, whether it's a company or one person that's hiring you, it's still an individual, right? (laughs) It's still a human who wants to hire another human to help them. It's not, you know, we're not robots. So I think that what I love about the automated webinars and webinars in general is that it really helps you speed up that connection and convey your authority and expertise and knowledge to a prospect very quickly, you know, more so than you could do with, social media or email or anything like that. It just really cuts down on that time. And likewise, like other person you were talking to, I mean, if you meet someone in person and you hear what they have to say and you like them, of course, you're going (laughs) to become a client, right? right? Versus filling out a contact form for some unknown person on the web.
0: Yeah, totally. So I guess the question remains, right? And I'm sure, you know, people that are listening to this I'm probably thinking this is great. Like she's able to get people on a webinar and all that stuff and be able to automate this, but like the problem is getting those people, right? So is it just people that come to your site or do you kind of like offer, you know, something on social media? I mean, how do you go about getting those people to like come into your funnel, so to speak? Yeah, so
1: that's a great question. So I because I've been around for a while, I have decent site traffic. Um not to mention a a pretty large referral base. So, you know, let's say I was doing nothing else. That alone would be okay. But then I would say there's a couple other things you can do to get people through there. One of the easiest ways, but it's time-consuming that I've found is to find Facebook groups where your target audience hangs out, offer value in there, and then, you know, get them over to your site. So it's very manual process. But it's again, it's that one-on-one grassroots kind of connection that I like. The second way is to run Facebook ads. I mean, if you want to scale it up quickly, is you can run Facebook ads. But if you haven't proven the funnel organically, Facebook ads become infinitely more complicated because if they're not converting at an acceptable cost per lead, you're now diagnosing not just the Facebook ad, the copy, the targeting, your landing page, et cetera. You're also (laughs) figuring out, is there something I'm not saying right in the webinar? Um, Is there something, you know, am I not using the right words? I mean, it just becomes a bigger beast, which is harder to pinpoint where the problem is. So my suggestion would be like prove it organically just through your email list, you know, whatever you have going on already, and then start to scale up with Facebook ads.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's, it's great to hear you say that because I'm all about optimizing your current stuff before you start pushing money into the top of the funnel if, you know, your funnel itself isn't working, right? You know, I call it like the TLC sales funnel, mm-hmm. right? And it's basically traffic leads clients, right? But the thing is, sure, you can get traffic any day of the week. As long as you have dollars, you can push traffic to it. The idea is, is that if you can't convert that site visitor into a lead and then that lead into a client, it doesn't matter how much traffic exactly. you spend, right? So I'm all about that. And that's, that's great, you know, cause I, it's funny too, cause a, a lot of people say, okay, you know, I'm just starting out. I don't have a lot of web traffic, you know, I, how can I build a list? Right. Cause a lot of people are like, oh, the money's in the list. And while that's true. The money's really in the engagement. Right. So if you have, let's say you have 50 people on your list, right? But they're well engaged because you've really answered their questions and they trust you as a source. You know, that's what you need. Like you only need a couple of clients, right? And you can hold a webinar, send it send it to, you know, your 50 subscribers. Maybe you get five to 10. I mean, yeah. you know the numbers a little bit better than I do, but you get five or 10 people show up. Hey, that's, you know, you get one or two clients out of that. That's all you need. You know, if I, if people were, com- if I had that conversion, when I first started freelancing, I would have been gold. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's the thing I think but, people forget when they're first starting out, they feel like they need thousands of people like viewing that, whatever it is, they're creating their content, their website, whatever it is. And that's not really, you know, that's not really what you need. You just need a couple people who are the right profile And if you can engage them, you can convert them into a client.
0: Totally. So I do have a question and you might've answered it already, but if you could have one process in your business completely automated, what would that be? Um,
1: (laughs) Thinking of a lot of things, but you know what? The one thing (laughs) I would do is I would love to automate the contract writing process. I don't know how, (laughs) Mm. (laughs) but that is the thing I hate. Most of all, it takes a lot of time. And yeah, I would automate that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I don't know if that can even be automated, but (laughs) I mean, there's tools out there like BidSketch and all those other things that you can use, which I'm sure you're using. But yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that one.
1: I don't know that you can... I mean, I think I've automated it as much as possible, but um, if I could just completely automate that, I'd be be pretty stoked.
0: (laughs) What was... Speaking of like processes and stuff, what, what was that first process, you know, not necessarily automating, but like that very first process when you started your own business that you defined?
1: Yeah, I'd say there were two. The very first one was basically the web design and development process. So when I got a new client, you know, what did I do to onboard them? What were the first milestones we hit? what were the second milestones and how that whole piece worked in a way that was helpful for the client because most of the time they don't know really what they're getting into. (laughs) So that would be the first piece. And then the second piece that I automated was the accounting of my business. I was doing it on my own for quite a while and it's not something I enjoy doing. So I started working with bench.co and they basically do all the accounting for my business, and it makes filing tax forms so much easier <laughs> at the end of the year. So a little boring, but um, sometimes when you automate the boring stuff, you'll be surprised at how much time that frees up for you. Not to mention enjoyment.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing too. Is like we didn't start freelancing to do more work, right? <laughs> we we started freelancing to do the work that we're passionate about, and. It does come with a lot of other work that we don't enjoy. And if you can offload that, that it makes your life a lot easier. Yeah. And
1: even just maybe it's tasks you enjoy, but they're repetitive. Um, so, you know, if you could free up an extra 15, 30 minutes, a couple hours a day to work on something else, you know, that brings immense value to your business. Hmm. Um, recently, I just automated kind of the follow up process with leads and contacts that I haven't you know that I are still in the pipeline but they're not ready they're not gonna be ready for six months or a year and that has been like a game changer Um, I'm able to keep in touch with a lot more people and it's uh it's been it's been great so anyways I'm all about automation I know that's your thing too
0: (laughs) so somebody that's kind of just starting out or maybe you know tired of the the feast or famine cycle right and they're looking to really build that sustainable business, what would your one piece of advice be?
1: Oh, man. Okay. So,
0: And I think I know the answer.
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say get rid of all the extraneous kind of BS that you're doing in your day and focus on two things, serving your existing clients and um, selling, getting new clients. So I think as a freelancer, it's so easy to just... Bury yourself in your client work and say, "You know, I'm just going to focus on my existing clients." But then, when it comes time to get a new client, you're like, "Shoot, I have no one in the pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do?" And you get that panicked feeling. And if during the whole process you had been focused on selling new clients and lining them up, you'd be in a much better situation. And really, you find that you can cut out a lot of the stuff you're doing during your day that doesn't move the needle on your business. You know, and if you just get hyper-focused on, I'm going to focus on selling and serving my existing clients, you'll be just fine.
0: Mm, yeah, that's, that's that's fantastic. I mean, it, it took me a while to realize that, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, it got to a point where I was just, okay, when I get up in the morning, the first hour is all yep. the business. I'm not going to look at client work. I'm not going to look at emails. Um, yeah, I had to wake up a little <laughs> bit earlier, but... It was a game changer just being able to just dedicate 1 hour a day to the business and to be able to actually move that needle.
1: Yeah, and I think it's something most freelancers don't figure out until someone tells them or you know, you're just tired of that feast and famine kind of process. But for me that's also why I like that automated webinar because basically it's lining up my sales calls for me while I'm doing client work. But I think if you, you know, like you Jason, if you can just Do the business-focused stuff first, then you know you'll find that your business just starts to grow because you're making that your priority.
0: Right. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. Um, So, who is an amazing freelancer, or shall I say, like small business owner that I should have on the show, and why?
1: Yeah. So I definitely think you should have Annette Stepanian on the show, and I can connect you to. But she is a lawyer for creatives. So why do I think you should have her on the show? Basically she helps people get their contracts in order. You know, if you're launching a course, she has terms and conditions, but I think when you're a freelancer and you're getting business, sometimes you forget about all the legal things you need to take care of that are going to set both you and the client up for success. And it's a really important part of the process. Um, if you make a mistake once, you'll never make that mistake again when you're, (laughs) you know, and so (laughs) it's not just about getting clients, but it's about getting the right clients and setting expectations from the beginning about who's doing what, what the communication process is, what you're responsible for. And she has some really great stuff for people who are web developers, you know, web designers, marketers, consultants. And so I think she's a very valuable person. For any freelancer,
0: awesome, yeah, definitely. Then, uh, Annette, keep an eye on your inbox <laughs> there. <laughs> um, so this has been fantastic, Lauren. Um, again, Lauren is from Bix and Media, she works with clients to be able to help generate and nurture more leads through their web through their WordPress and Shopify websites, and she does offer done for you services as well as. Done with you assistance. So if you want to check more about what all of this is about, go to slash apply. Definitely jump on her newsletter as well. She, she sends out tons of awesome information. I'm on that newsletter and it's fantastic. <laughs> um, I'm always bookmarking certain things. I have tab. I, actually, I do have a tab open right now <laughs> from your, your newsletter. So I do appreciate that. Um, Lauren, where can, uh, people reach out and say, thanks.
1: Yeah. So, um, you're welcome to jump on my newsletter. Um, I also have a free Facebook community, so you can go to bixamedia.com slash community. And I offer a lot of free advice in there. Um, so if you want to join us, I'd love to have you in there. Um, we kind of do a lot of different things and you can give me some feedback about the show and ask any questions you have.
0: Awesome. Well, this has been great. Thanks, Lauren. And everybody, until next time, it's your time to live in the feast.